It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It's Thursday. We're going to go through the Vikings roster, but we're going to do it in a different way. My conversation with Arif Hassan, which you can find from yesterday brought up something that that had me thinking and that was whether or not Green Bay is player for player a better team than the Minnesota Vikings and at first blush I thought there was a good case to be made that the Vikings were certainly overall more talented and and I think I stand by that Aaron Rodgers is the differentiator But I wanted to, because Thursday is generally when we do the scouting report, the Vikings are a team we've already scouted. We've already gone through this report. They're not substantially different now than they were two months ago when, in that game, they obviously, more or less, ended the Packers' season with the injury to Aaron Rodgers. And I wanted to go through. And I wanted to look at it player for player. Now, we're not going to tally these up and at the end determine who the winner is, but I just thought it would make for interesting comparisons now that the season for the Packers is materially over in terms of how much these games mean the outcomes, wins and losses. The games obviously have meaning because players are fighting for roster spots. These games still matter because the reps matter, because they matter for free agency, they matter for playing time moving forward. Everything has value, but for the purposes of this podcast, I think it's important that We find ways to stay engaged with the team, even when we're not fully engaged in the outcome. Obviously, all Packer fans would like to beat, well, not all, but most Packer fans would like to beat the Minnesota Vikings just in a vacuum on principle. There are some that believe that a a tank strategy would be helpful. I personally do not believe that because this is not a, a, a draft for that. This draft is mediocre. It is not particularly deep at the top, and the difference between seven and nine and eight and eight or nine and seven is probably between five and eight draft slots. And the the guy that the Packers could get at 16 is not significantly different than they could get at 20 or 21. And they're not gonna get anywhere near the top of the draft, which is where the, the elite talents are. And frankly, there aren't very many of those. I mean, there there is not five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten great players at the top of this draft in terms of prospects. There's always going to be a number of players that come out of the draft and eventually become really good or great players. But in terms of the the quality of the prospects, this is not the 2014 draft where you have Jadavion Clowney and Khalil Mack and Odell Beckham and Mike Evans, Aaron Donald, and you could just go on and on and on about all the quality players in the draft. That's not what this draft is 
from a prospect standpoint. That doesn't mean there aren't good players in it. There are. But the difference between the 8th best player and the 28th best player is not enormous. And so when where the Packers are going to pick 15 versus 20 or 22 versus 12, it's not that big a difference. And there's there's just too many teams. They're not, they can't retroactively lose games. They've got the seven wins. That alone is going to keep them out of the top 10 or 12, probably. Before we get to the roster breakdown, I do want to mention the Pro Bowl voting. And I, I only do that because it matters to fans. It matters to the players, but it, it doesn't really materially matter. But I think there's something telling in, in what happened because the Packers did not get a Pro Bowl. They're not really starters anymore, but that's more or less first team Pro Bowl selection. Now, they did get a number of alternates, Devontae Adams, Aaron Ripkowski, Clay Matthews, Mike Daniels, David Bakhtiari, and Justin Vogel were all named alternates. But Green Bay was one of five teams without a Pro Bowler. Green Bay, Chicago, Indianapolis, Cleveland, New York. Those teams are all bad. Varying degrees of bad. Chicago, Indianapolis, and Cleveland are going to all have top five, six picks. The Jets overachieved this season, but it's still not a good football team. And so the fact that the Packers are, are in this list is concerning because it suggests that Aaron Rodgers is the driver of this team in a way that most good teams, and in, in this season, all good teams, do not have to rely on. And I think you certainly could make the case David Bakhtiari deserved to be on, on the list. Tyron Smith and, and Trent Williams had injuries. David Bakhtiari did too. So I don't think those can be differentiators. I think David Bakhtiari was was arguably the best left tackle in football this year. Certainly from a pass blocking perspective, there are there are probably not any players who are definitely better. It's a discussion with anyone you pick. Now, it's hard to make a case for anyone else. I think Demarius Randall probably should have been an alternate, but corner is a loaded position. Blake Martinez probably should have been an alternate. Kenny Clark probably should have been an alternate. So they have guys who may eventually play in the game because a lot of guys are gonna are gonna beg out and and not be a part of it. But this is this is an indictment of I think the the roster because guys have not played up to their their production. It's an indictment of the coaching staff for not putting the players in a better position to succeed, and it's an indictment of of Ted Thompson. Not a damning indictment of any of those of those people that I mentioned, because it's still ultimately up to the players to produce. But it does suggest that lately, Ted Thompson has struggled to find field-tilting talent. Kenny Clark is a great interior young player. Blake Martinez has been excellent this year, but the defense still isn't very good. And Demarius Randall has played so much better the last two plus months. And the defense is still not very good. And Devontae Adams has proven that he is a bona fide number one receiver. While the offense still gets streaky, it's still in fits and starts. Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb have declined in a significant way. Now, they the, the offense was able to replace two Pro Bowl caliber guards without missing much of a beat inside. And that is to their credit. I don't think the Packers are, are untalented. They're just... They're just lacking 
one or two high-end playmakers. And that was supposed to be what Martellus Bennett was. And obviously that didn't work out the way that, that Green Bay thought it would. So they have work to do this offseason. There's no question about it. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Every day I tell you about this promotion. And all you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. And you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. And you'd get access to player grades, rankings for fantasy, tools, sortable player data, uh, NFL draft content, and, and all sorts of content that lives behind the paywall. You could have it for free. All you need to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. It really is that simple. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's look at this, this roster. And let's start with the Vikings offense. And obviously we know that Aaron Rodgers is better than Case Keenum. But Case Keenum is not the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Technically, Teddy Bridgewater is. If you remember back to last year, the reason the Vikings traded for Sam Bradford was because Teddy Bridgewater had a catastrophic leg injury. Then he's back from that. He actually got in the game last week in the blowout win over the Cincinnati Bengals. 
So really, the comparison is not Case Keenum against Aaron Rodgers. It's Case Keenum against Brett Hundley. And we know unequivocally who is better. Now, I think Brett Hundley was better than his critics will have you believe. Certainly better than than most Packer fans will have you believe. And Keenum has shepherded the Minnesota Vikings offense and done a great job of it. Now, Arif mentioned yesterday that that part of that is because Pat Shermer has done such an expert job of game planning and scheming. He has put the skill position players that the Vikings have, and we'll get to that in a second, in, in great positions to succeed. But, but Keenum is still, you still have to press the buttons. Even if you have a quarterback who is just a button presser, he has to be able to press the buttons. And, and in the NFL, that is difficult. The most glaring advantage Green Bay has on this offense is a tackle. Riley Reef and Mike Remmers solidified this unit in a way that it was not last year. And they are much better players than the guys that, that Minnesota was trotting out there last year, but they're not better than Bakhtiari and Bulaga, who, outside of maybe Jason Peters and Lane Johnson in Philadelphia, form, if not the best, one of the best tackle combinations in football. So that's a win for Green Bay. I think you look at guard, Nick Easton, who's the left guard, is is not a great player. Joe Berger has been has been solid for the Vikings. But Jari Evans, it's not something we've talked a lot about, but he replaces TJ Lang and the run game in Green Bay hasn't missed a beat. This is still a top five rushing offense. They consistently move move people off the line. If there's if there's one criticism that I think you can level on Mike McCarthy in the run game, it's that he hasn't given Aaron Jones enough opportunities. But I think you certainly could make the case that with Corey Lindsley at center, Green Bay has the better interior offensive line. I think Green Bay has the better offensive line overall. Okay, so so that's a good start for Green Bay. Because their starter is better than Minnesota's starter. The offensive line is better. And and that is the foundation of any offense. Great start, right? At receiver, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And you probably have to add Laquan Treadwell and Jarius Wright. And you look at that and you say, okay, well, Devontae Adams is as good as any of those guys. After that, it's where things get dicey. Because Stephon Diggs is better than any of the other guys, any of the other receivers for Green Bay. Now, I think I would take Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb over Jarius Wright and Laquan Treadwell. So maybe it's a wash, but I think when you consider the quality of the number two here versus the number one, Thielen has been excellent. And with Aaron Rodgers, I think Devontae Adams probably would have had uh, you know, a, a more elite statistical season and would show that he is in the conversation with, with the Pro Bowl receivers in the NFC. But I think in terms of 1-2, Minnesota has to have the edge. The edge at tight end is obvious. Kyle Rudolph is a, an above-average pass catcher. He's a dangerous weapon. He can block. And he's just better than anyone Green Bay has had since Jermichael Finley was in his prime. And that is that is a position where I think Green Bay has to improve. I think they need a big body pass catcher. This offense, we saw the difference when Jared Cook was doing his thing. The on-off splits for this offense is huge. 
It's something we discussed with Martellus Bennett. He was supposed to unlock this offense, and he couldn't. Now, running back is an interesting conversation because right now, Minnesota's depth chart has Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. For me, I'd rather have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. The Vikings also have Dalvin Cook, who was having an outstanding rookie season before he got hurt. The Packers also have Ty Montgomery, who got hurt, was on his way to a big game in Chicago when that injury happened. So it's a little bit hard to know. I think I think Cook is potentially the best player of the group overall. But I think when you look at Montgomery, Williams, and Jones as a trio, it's better as a trio than what the Vikings have. So that's pretty close. Offensively, I think it I think when you're looking at talent, especially since offensive line is so important, and that's five guys, and Green Bay has the advantage at basically every position. I think you have to you have to say Green Bay has the advantage, and that's before you get to the the huge disparity between Aaron Rodgers and whoever's going to be under center for Minnesota. So that has to be true if you're Green Bay, because this is a team built on offense. And if it weren't true, you'd be thinking, what are we doing here? If you don't have an offensive advantage against the other teams in your division, you don't have an advantage because the defense just isn't good enough right now. If you're like me, you have a lot of presence to buy around this time of year. And if you're like me, again, you have people in your life who have some expensive taste. If you need a little holiday cash, try getting it at mybookie.ag. You can score some serious cash based on your sports predictions. There's plenty of parties around the holidays, gifts, but there's also a lot of spending. So you can take your sports knowledge and turn it into money at mybookie.ag. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And you want to make money betting the games, so you should go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Go yourself and use the promo code Locked On for up to a 50% deposit bonus. The mobile website is great. It's easy to use. All of the things you could want to do at a, at a casino, you can do from your smartphone at mybookie.ag. Now, this was the, the side of the ball that, that Arif and I talked about yesterday where it, it really is hard to find a position where Green Bay has the advantage. Now, obviously, the, the Vikings play a 4-3 and Green Bay plays a, a makeshift 3-4. But if you look at edge players, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Brian Robison are clearly better than Nick Perry, Clay Matthews, and whatever rotation guys you want to throw in. We haven't seen much from Vince Beagle. Kyler Fackrell has been better this year, but but he's still a below-average player. And Ahmad Brooks hasn't been healthy. He's done some nice things when healthy, but he's just... None of these guys are... are. Let me say... Let me put it this way. Daniel Hunter is not the best pass rusher or edge player on the Minnesota Vikings, and Green Bay doesn't have a guy who's even that good. That's a problem. And Nick Perry, I think, would be close, at least last year's version of Nick Perry, when he was a dominant run player and a very good pass rusher. We just haven't seen that guy this year, and we haven't seen it often enough from him in his career. That has to be a priority for this team moving forward. They have to get an impact player on the edge. 
There are this is if there is one place in the draft that is deep, it is pass rusher. There's a bunch of them that could go in the top 50. Green Bay has to come out of the first two rounds with an impact edge rusher if they're not going to go out and get one. And we don't expect that they will. That doesn't mean that they won't. But there aren't that many guys to go after. It is not a, a deep pool of guys to go try and get to upgrade your pass rush in a, in a significant way. So they're going to have to draft someone. Or they're going to have to trade for someone and they're not going to do that. Now linebacker. There's really only two linebackers that are worth mentioning here. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. They play so much nickel that that Ben Gideon is not really on the team that often, or is not really on the field that often. And although Blake Martinez has played better this year, he's not Eric Kendricks. And Green Bay doesn't have a linebacker as good as Anthony Barr. Jake Ryan is a fine player, but it seemed like the decision was made that that he just couldn't play against Carolina because of their versatility at tight end and running back. That's why Joe Thomas was on the field. If that's the case, Green Bay needs a new linebacker to play next to Blake Martinez. And and clearly they want a linebacker linebacker. As much as we were excited about the, the Nitro to start the season, they've gone to more and more of their heavy sets. Now, part of that has been dictated by the teams, but I don't think, I, I think Green Bay likes to be able to stop the run. They would rather play a little bigger, but so clearly advantage Minnesota with the linebackers. Now, interior defensive line, as I mentioned yesterday, I think I think that's where Green Bay would have an advantage. Linval Joseph is a very good player. Tom Johnson is a solid player. Jalil Johnson, a 2017 draft pick, has has shown some some good things. But when you look at the Packers with with Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Ad Quinton Dial who's been an excellent rotation player for this team. Not an excellent player overall, but just as a ro- as far as a rotation player goes. He's been what you need from a rotation defensive lineman. And then Montrevious Adams. We don't know much of what he is yet, but he's a young player with, with ability. I like Green Bay's group over the Minnesota group. Although I will say the Minnesota group is very good. It's more about how good Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark is than than anything about Minnesota's group. Haha, Clinton Dix went to the Pro Bowl last year. He he is not anywhere near a Pro Bowl player this season. And so the discussion about him and Harrison Smith is is not one. Xavier Rhodes is is better than any corner the Packers have. After that is where you could have a conversation. If Devon House is healthy. If he's playing press man, then I probably would take him over Trey Waynes. We don't really know what the deal is beyond that. Because Terrence Newman continues to perform at a high level. Mackenzie Alexander is very, very talented. And we don't know, you know, we don't know what Kevin King is yet. We don't know the future of Devon House. We don't know if Quentin Rollins is an NFL corner. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that, but Green Bay needs another corner. I mean, if you just look at at the the depth chart here. Trey Waynes, 2015, first round pick. Xavier Rhodes, 2013, first round pick. Harrison Smith, 2012, first round pick. Mackenzie Alexander, 2016, second round pick. They invested a lot of draft capital in this in this back seven. Anthony Barr, 2014, first round pick. Eric Kendricks, 2015, second round pick. They put a lot into this defense. 
and they've gotten returns on those investments. That's been the issue for Green Bay. Josh Jones might be a really good player. We haven't seen it except in flashes. Kevin King has the ability to be a Xavier Rhodes type big physical shutdown corner, but he's young and he needs to be put in a better position to succeed. He needs to be able to play press man, but obviously that's an advantage for the Vikings. And then it's at safety. That was the other place. Andrew Sendejo, who's a, who's a, a fine player. He's solid. I'd rather have Morgan Burnett, but if Josh Jones is having to start, you probably take Sendejo. At least he's a veteran. I mean, by now it should be obvious that that the talent gap has been closed. Minnesota is is not an inferior team to Green Bay anymore. That had been the case. Those embarrassing games, Green Bay scores a billion points by halftime. They beat up on Christian Ponder. They beat Joe Webb in the playoffs. That team isn't here anymore. And then I think... You have to start looking at this from the standpoint of who has the better head coach? Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl ring and Mike Zimmer doesn't. But I also know that Mike Mike Zimmer doesn't have an Aaron Rodgers. And I know that this defense gives the Packers more problems, gives Aaron Rodgers more problems than any team in the league. Arif mentioned it yesterday. Rodgers is, is fighting to be a 500 quarterback against Mike Zimmer defenses and is... Um, you know, 65% win percentage against the rest of the league, basically. It really is remarkable. And so you have to you have to wonder, is he the better coach? I don't know the answer. I don't think the Packers need to make any coaching changes to beat the Vikings next year. But as I said on the podcast, if the Vikings win and you go back the last five games to 2015, the the January game, I guess it was technically 2016, that was for the division in week 17 at home at Lambeau Field. The Packers lose that game because they can't get a stop late. They lose the division. 2016, they lose the game in Minnesota. They win the game at home. 2017, they could get swept. That's four out of the last five Minnesota will have won. This team has closed the talent gap and outside of quarterback, they have, they have taken the lead. Green Bay has a better offensive line, deeper running backs, better safeties, and a better interior defensive line. Those are not marquee positions. Obviously, offensive line is. When you look at a team, the number one thing you worry about, do I have a quarterback? Okay, Green Bay has the advantage there. Number two, what is the pass rusher situation? Minnesota, clearly an advantage there. Number three, what is my cornerback situation? Vikings have the advantage there. Okay, next what is the offensive line situation, particularly at tackle? Green Bay has the advantage there. And then receiver. At worst, it's a wash. But it's probably an advantage for Minnesota. That's a lot of advantages for Minnesota outside of the quarterback position. For once, in the division, the Packers are looking at another team and saying, we have to do X, Y, and Z to get better to beat this team. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's Minnesota and Detroit and and Chicago saying, how do we beat Green Bay? Now, Green Bay's been looking up at other teams in the NFC the last few years. First, it was San Francisco. How do we beat them? Then it was Seattle. How do we beat them? Right now? Right now, it's Minnesota. How do we beat them? And that has to be a focus. 
because Minnesota might be the best team in, in the NFC. And they're going to get Dalvin Cook back next year. And they're going to have another offseason. Their young players could get better. And they could bring in more players. This has been a front office that has obviously excelled at bringing in talent. Green Bay has to be better. They have to play better. They have to be coached better. They have to have better talent. It is on everyone in the organization. Players, coaches, personnel people, front office people. Everyone has to be better because they're now looking up at another team in the division. That is not a position they are used to being in, and it could it could lead to changes. There are some in particular I'd like to see. All right, we are not going to have a show on Friday. Uh, the, the injury report, because Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, there, there's not a ton of injuries that are going to have a, a material difference in this game. Plus, it's the holiday season. I want to I want to give you guys a break and not feel like you're missing out on, on anything. So we'll be back on Monday to discuss the Saturday game, to, to, to look at what we learned. There is still things to learn. Players are still fighting for jobs. There is playing time on the line. There are futures on the line. There are contracts on the line. So the Packers still have plenty to fight for, at least the players do. And hopefully we're talking about a valiant effort by Green Bay, even though it's a game I don't think... I don't think the honest Packer fans should expect to win. Until then, enjoy the game, have a wonderful holiday, and stay locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.